All around her, people descended the metal ramp and crowded into the cobblestone plaza of the academy, fanning out with muttered whispers and awed gazes, turning so they might take in the beautiful sights before them. She was less impressed. Heels clicking lightly against the stone as she made her way to the quiet copes of trees besides the path, remaining hidden in the shadow. Beacon Academy, the point of which so many people's careers began. For Blake Belladonna, it was a fresh start, and a chance to be something more than she had ever been. Fighting Grim would be somewhat of an easy nature ethical than what she had fought before. There was no questions of whether the Grim had loved ones back home. No one screaming or begging to be spared. No lying awake at night over nightmares of grim lives ruined. Surely, this would be a life she wouldn't need to run away from. It had to be. It will be. She sighed, trying to dismiss those doubts from within her. Every other person here was in the same boat as her. Coming to a new home, nervous, alone. She'd passed the test, impressed the teachers, Perhaps the headmaster had hinted that he knew more than she was willing to admit. But, he had accepted her application nonetheless. The fabric of the hated bow scratched against her delicate ears, constricting them when they wished to move. She couldn't prevent the occasional twitch. The muscles were supposed to be used. This was like having one arm tied behind your back. Eventually they began to ache, no matter how used to it she got. A sigh slipped from her lips, head dipping as she resisted the urge to scratch them. It was just one more thing she needed to get used to if she ever wanted to pass herself off as a human. There would always be a privacy of bathrooms to work the kinks out of her ears or give them some fresh air. It shouldn't have to be like this. The idolistic protest the women cried. Amber eyes clenched shut as she ignored it. It shouldn't, but it was and whining about it wouldn't change anything. Hadn't changed anything. But then, Nor had violence. She would become a huntress. She would gain skill, power, and most importantly, respect. And then, then she would work to change things, to fix everything. But to achieve any of that, she needed to leave the old Blake Belladonna behind. Something which shouldn't be too difficult, since there wasn't a single person at Beacon who knew her, nor her true identity as a member of the White Fet. Excuse me, gonna hurl! A blonde figure brushed past her, crouching beside a dustbin as he reached and heaved, loudly cursing something about how things never changing. The erisid tang of vomit reached her nose, even as others around them started to move away in disgust. Something about it kept her watching, however. A vague sense of... formality, mixed with an unusual desire to punch the guy in the face and tell him to cover his... Uh, better out than in. The blonde man sighed as he brushed past her. The entire left side of Blake's face twitched, eyes going wide as her mouth fell open. No. No way. Could she be mistaken? Could it be nothing more than a figment of her imagination? She knew for sure she saw him without. No, she wasn't going any further into that line of thinking. Maybe she was wrong. Blonde haired, blue eyes males weren't exactly uncommon. Plus, it had been dark, 
and a powerful wind and fast-paced combat to distract her. But what if it was? Then I'm screwed. This is only going to work so as long as people don't realize what I am. What I was. She had to make sure. It was those thoughts which carried her feet forward, shoulders hunching as she stalked her prey through the trees. The young man kept to the paved pathways, winding his way towards the central building where the welcoming speech would no doubt be held. She kept to the shadows as she always had, winding her way past thick trunks as she padded across the soft grass in near silence. His height fit her memory just about. A little taller than her, stockier too. The build of someone made for a more direct form of combat than what she was employed. She hadn't considered his level of fitness back then, but that had perhaps been on account of desperate attempts to not look at anything incriminating. The man on the train had been a civilian though, hadn't he? Now that she thought about it, had he ever said as such? He could have chosen not to fight because he was unarmed. He did make us though, to stand up against Adam. As foolish as that would have been, it still wasn't enough. Not enough for her to make a decision as to whether he actually was the same person. Damn it all. And what are you going to do, if he is? That made her pause. Breath hitching as she considered that gap in her plans. Would she kill him? Was that how far she was willing to go in order to protect her secret? A fine start to her new life. Where she was going to make a difference. Just begin by practically assassinating an innocent on the first day. All because she thought it might be someone else. No, she couldn't kill him. She wouldn't be like Adam. But then, what was she supposed to do? Bribery? Or blackmail? Those were the only other options. And she had a laughable amount of lying on hand. Her clothing was worth more than the contents of her purse. Her nose scrunched up as she imagined using those to buy his silence. Or, rather what lay beneath. She wouldn't go that far either. She wasn't that kind of woman. But was just as unlucky on account of the fact that she had no dirt on the guy. Other than the fact that, if he was her little stowaway, he had been caught having sex in a restricted area. And wouldn't that be fun to explain to the authorities? Especially why she had been there to witness it on a train that had just so conveniently been attacked by Flaunus. Darn it. Beacon was supposed to be an easy career move. Where the hell had this come from? Golden eyes narrowed. Body turning to the side as she let out a frustrated sigh. She had to assert the truth. Whether that might be. All of this could be wasted panic, paranoia, and lingering fear. There was one way to find out for sure, though. What? The young man gasped as he was dragged off his feet and slammed up against the tree. Her fingers clamped over his mouth before he could scream, dragging him a little further from the path, just in case anyone came to investigate. Finally satisfied, she pushed him back against the bark of an oak, locking her eyes to his. There was something about those blue orbs which made her nervous, they had the surprise in them, but there was something else. Buried beneath those depths, he looked bored, distant somehow, 
She whispered, I'm not going to hurt you. She felt stupid even as she said that. It was true. She didn't want to harm the guy. But who in their right mind was going to believe that given the current situation? I'm going to take my hand away now. I want you to answer my question. Do you recognize me? Of course. The blonde gasped as she let go. Blake's knuckles went white at the words. Um, Pauline, right? Blake blinked. That's not my name. Oh, crap. Um, uh, oh, oh, of course. Samantha. You look very similar to my uh, uh, sister. Yeah, yeah. My sister, Pauline. I got you mixed up. I'm not called Samantha either. She could only watch as the man's eyes seemed to glance away from her, chuckling nervously. Did he... Did he honestly not recognize her? Did... Did she have the wrong guy after all? And who were those people he was mistaking her for? Right, uh... I knew it. Well, um... Sweetheart? I just want you to know that I'm regularly tested and I am clean. Plus, I always wear protection. So whatever you think definitely didn't happen because of me. Oh, for the love of... We haven't had sex. Blake growled, wincing when she instinctively slammed him back against the bark. We haven't? The simple uncertainty on the face was really tempting. She wanted to put her fist right through it. It also confirmed for her that this was probably the same guy from the train. Because really, she caught the guy having sex with a random girl in a storage container. Somehow, that fit what she was hearing right now oh too perfectly. Then why did you- oh. Oh. Wow. <coughs> he coughed and looked away. What? Blake's eyes narrowed dangerously. Well, I just mean, this is pretty damn quick. Even for me. Normally, I at least have to flirt with the girls a little first. But I can understand if you've become desperate after being stuck on a bullhead with me. I have that effect on women. He somehow didn't notice her fingers tightening on his collar. Despite that it must have cut off some of the oxygen to his brain. Then again, maybe he didn't have a brain. I just want to mention though, I've put up with some pretty crazy kinks, but despite what it looked like when we landed, I am not into any kind of vomit play. Then, to her mountaining rage, he looked her dead in the eye, one hand coming up to pat her shoulder. I'm sorry, Christy. I'm not willing to throw up and make love to you. The sound he made as he sailed through the air, cracking through a few branches before landing in a bush, was one of the most satisfying ones she had ever heard. Plus, she'd managed to resist the urge to punch him, which was good. He'd recover from his little throw-assaulting flying session, and maybe next time, he would think twice before accusing her of something like that. She was safe. 
He didn't know, or didn't remember. Ava was fine. Beacon could be the new start she wanted. The new start she deserved. No longer would she be known for what she had been. But what she could be... An explosion ripped through her thoughts. Leaves, twigs, and loose gravel scattering off the side of her face as two girls arguing from the side. Amber eyes blinked as she watched the Harris of the SDC berate a small girl. No, she was no longer Blake, the Faunus. She didn't need to react. She was not going to go over there and belittle the white-haired child for the amusement of it. Okay, after this it was going to be a new start. Gotta love Beacon. Jean growled from his position flat on his back, legs resting vertically up on the trunk he had crashed into. A leaf fluttered down onto the tip of his nose, dodgingly refusing to bulge no matter how hard he snorted at it. The vibrations coming from his pocket hardly helped either, even when he pulled the scroll out and accepted the call. You're asleep? <laughs> Jade scoffed as she looked down on him, or rather, such was the angle he held the device. I know you're lazy and trying to get expelled, but this is a bit much, even for you. <laughs> I'm not sleeping. Jean flicked the leaf on his nose away with more force than was strictly necessary. I am lying on my back because this is how I landed after I was cruelly and unjustly attacked by another student. Seriously, how is he supposed to expect Blake, Blake of all people, of practically kidnapping him like that? Was it a girl? Jade waited for him to nod. Then you probably deserved it. Eh. Jean's eyes drifted shut for a second, a sigh escaping him. Touché. Still, it was better this way. Better if Blake and anyone else associated with him had a reason to want to stay away from him. So how are things back home? Shouldn't you be in a lesson? Shouldn't you? He shrugged to that. Things aren't bad here. Amber's already turned your room into some kind of a games room. Moved all of her contours in there so she can have more space. <sighs> she moved on quickly. Was there at least any tears this morning? Cries for her beloved brother? If you count Hazel tripping over some books you left by your bed and threatening to castrate you, then sure. Also, we found your stash of porn novels. Corals. Stash. Jean growled. Not mine. Corals. And yes, I know she'll be denying it. Jean tacked on before Jake could interrupt. She's lying. With a tired yawn, he rolled over to place one hand beneath him, climbing to his feet or keeping the scroll held out before him. But, everyone else is okay? We're all fine. Jade rolled her brown eyes, tiny flicks of green shining through. You realize you're like 30 youngest. You don't need to ask if we're going to break down in your absence. Mum's fine. Dad's fine. Hazel and I are ditching class. Everything is normal. What are you getting up to today? <sighs> Not much. Jean sighed as he pushed his way back into the main pavement, sparing a quick glance to make sure Blake had truly left. Most of the people had already made it to the auditorium by now. We have a speech then, we have to stay in the hall overnight. Initiation is in the morning. 
You're going to fail that or try to get expelled even sooner. Jade wore a smug grin, the image on the scroll bouncing up and down as she laughed. I'm thinking I'll cause some trouble today. Just a bit of a slap at Ospin, really. But otherwise, look to bomb tomorrow. If I just refuse to take part, then they'll have to fail me. You're going to completely dishonor the Ark name, aren't you? It would be childish, especially so. Plus, he didn't actually need to act like an absolute bitch to get expelled. But after what Osman had pulled the other day, holding Yang's fate over his head like that? Yep. I'm going to make them suffer. I love it. There was some noise off screen before Jade turned back. Hazel says she fucking loves it. Presumably, that's better than my mere love. Oh, I passed your damn message on, now let go. I'm not taking the piss out of you. Oh, calm down, you stupid cow. J Jade? Ugh, sorry bro, gotta go. Ow, you bitch! Go! Catch you later. Later. Jean sighed, even though the screen had already gone blank. It was as he was stuffing it back into his trouser pockets that he noticed the scene ahead of him. Or rather, the figure laid flat on her back in the middle of the courtyard. Blue eyes blinked stupidly as he looked towards her, before letting out a short sigh. <sighs> Sorry, Ruby. He shrugged, turning and walking away. This is for the best. Yang! This isn't a laughing matter. Ruby growled as she slapped one hand against her sister's arm, trying in vain to stop the girl laughing. You totally ditched me, and I made a fool of myself. Not to mention she made a complete enemy. On day one, no less. That shouldn't have even been possible. Even for her. Oh, calm down, Rubes. Every mistake has a lesson to learn from. Besides, what's well, a little embarrassment. As always, her big sister didn't have so much as an apology for her, not even an ounce of remorse for cruelly abandoning her in an unfamiliar place. Never mind that it was unfamiliar for Yang as well. She was the big sis, and that meant she was supposed to help Ruby, not not rush off with her friends from Sigma. Ugh. I haven't been this humiliated since I accused Headmaster Ospin of being a pedophile. Wasn't that just yesterday? The blonde asked. I've had a bad week, okay? Ruby erupted once more, hands flying into the air as she collapsed back onto her pillow. Oh my god. What if my bad luck continues? Yang? What, what if I don't make any friends? What if I die in initiation? What if cookies are deemed bad for my health? Nice priorities. The older girl rolled her eyes. Besides, one of those is true and the other two probably won't happen. Ruby paused for a moment. Staring at the girl in wide-mouthed horror. I'm never going to make any friends. She finally wailed, collapsing onto her stomach. I meant the cookie one. Yang leaned over to pat the smaller girl's shoulder. Look, Rubes, you'll be fine. I mean, look at you. Youngest person to ever attend Beacon. And yes, I know, normal knees. She was quick to add before Ruby could. But still, that's got to count for something. I mean, I can barely still believe my cute little sister is in Beacon. I can barely believe my older sister nearly wasn't. The smaller girl growled into the pillow. 
words causing Yang to recoil with an ashamed expression. Hey now, I told you not to talk about that. It's not something your big sis wants everyone to know about. You're just lucky they didn't want to press charges. Ruby sighed, glancing away from the girl she laughed nervously. Yang always went quiet when they asked more about what had happened to her, but she trusted her to know what was best. At least, she wasn't likely to start any more brawls in the middle of Beacon. Not with the rather epic telling off Dad had given her. Ruby had heard it all from her room, despite the headphones. Loud music and five walls between them. Zui had been hidden under her legs too, poor Finn shaking in terror. She hoped he was doing okay with them not in the house. Yeah. Lucky me. She's hiding something. Ruby sighed to herself as the older girl looked away. Yang always thought she was so smart when she told Fibs. But she was way too expressive for her own good. Even now, Ruby could feel the complete shame that seemed to penetrate through her. She didn't like seeing Yang like that. It felt so out of character. So wrong. Hey, a distraction? Ruby crowd as she pointed out into the crowd. I mean, uh, what do you think that guy's doing? Yang hummed and questioned as she followed Ruby's finger, looking towards a rather unremarkable blonde guy who seemed to be lugging in a huge backpack around. That wasn't what had caught her eye, however, nor the eyes of the 30 or so other people watching him. It was more the fact that he was digging out huge coils of rope from said backpack, laying them on the ground beside some rather oversized nails. He looked a little weird too, almost out of place, with what honestly looked to be black formal trousers and a white dress shirt. He didn't seem bothered that he'd become a spectator sport though, digging away in his pack and laying things out in the center of the room, even as the teachers started to make their way onto the stage. Wait. Yang whispered. That's the guy I fought with at the club. Really? Ruby's eyes narrowed as she leaned forward. This was the guy who had fought Yang to a standstill? He didn't look like Ruby had imagined. Namely, he wasn't seven feet tall and built of pure muscles. Her system was tough. Why don't you go over and talk to him? Ruby suggested, not failing to note how Yang's face twisted with an almost dizzling array of emotions. I... I would rather not. Yang stammered for a moment before laughing it off. Besides, best to let bygones be bygones, right? Hmm. Ruby wasn't convinced. Not by what she'd said or the way she tried to fake that laugh of hers. There must have already been in a parallel universe where it was she, Ruby Rose, who was suggesting they go over and talk to someone, while Yang was suddenly the one with cold feet. Any thoughts of fixing it, however, were pushed back as the headmaster strolled onto the stage, Kane tapping on the wood as he made his way to the microphone. Ruby flushed at the memory of their last meeting, even if he'd laughed and waved the misunderstanding off. Sticking close to his sister, Li she ran off. The two made their way to stand with the crowd before the respected man. 
she was barely able to contain her excitement as the man tapped the microphone of one finger. This was the headmaster of Beacon, Ospin himself. If all hunters were cool, then one who was the headmaster of hunters was definitely high on the list. He also wasn't as scary as that other teacher that stood before him. Allow me to keep this brief. You have travelled here today in search of no. A loud clung tore through the man's speech, making Ruby flinch even as others in the crowd held their ears in pain. There were a few scattered comments, but with a cough, the headmaster brought things back on track in search of knowledge, to hone your craft and acquire new skills. And when you have finished, another ear-shattering sound of metal striking stone echoed across the hall. This time, the people in the crowd looking around to try and figure out what it was. Ruby cursed her height as she hopped up, trying to spot the source of the noise over everyone's shoulders. Yang placed her hands beneath the smaller girl's armpits, lifting her up above the ground. Ruby just managed to swallow her yelp and the howl of embarrassment because she was finally able to see what had caused all the commotion. And when you have finished, yet again, the noise sounded. Ruby watched with morbid curiosity as a wooden mallet slammed down onto a metal spike, the noise echoing as the metal bit down onto stone. Was that the guy from earlier? Driving a nail into the solid marble floor. When you have fi- The hammer struck again. At the exact moment, the headmaster tried to go further. A few giggles rose from the crowd of students. Excuse me? Hmm? The blonde teen looked over towards them all, wiping the back of one hand across his forehead. Sorry. What's up? The headmaster is trying to make a speech. It wasn't the man in question that responded, but rather the blonde woman at his side. With the way she was glaring towards him, even Ruby felt the urge to start sweating. But perhaps we could all wait patiently as you vandalize the hall of this academy. Would that be better? Oh god, talk about embarrassing. Ruby could just imagine how utterly mortified the guy must feel. Yeah, that would be pretty great, actually. What? Excuse me? Okay, this time, it definitely wasn't her imagination. The temperature really was dropping. Even the headmaster seemed to be looking towards the woman with some degree of fear. I will thank you to see such wanton destruction entirely. Or failing that, at least wait until the headmaster has finished his welcome speech. Oh. Okay. The teen's mallet fell to the floor immediately. Why didn't you just say so? Thank you, Galinda. The headmaster pushed the woman aside before she could explode, taking the microphone in one hand once more, and when you have finished, your plan to dedicate your life to the protection of the people. But I look amongst you, and all I see is wasted energy, in need of purpose, direction. Ruby blinked as the headmaster paused once more, looking over his glasses at something behind them. When the small girl looked back though, it was just in time to see the blonde guy with one hand behind his neck, innocent smile on his face. 
you assume knowledge will free you of this. But your time at the school will prove that knowledge can only carry you so far. It is up to you to take the first The man didn't even blink when the hammer struck one final time. This time, making a loud splintering sound as the spike was successfully driven into the floor. That is all. Have a good evening. Well, <laughs> Yang blinked a few times. That was a thing. This isn't how I imagined Beacon starting, Ruby sighed ambling her way towards the changing rooms with the other students. Maybe things would look better in the morning, especially since that was when she could bring out her baby and show people what she was really made of. What? what is that? Ruby just about cried as they both exited the changing rooms 15 minutes later, now in their sleepwear. That is a tent. Yang blinked. I, I know that. Ruby glared at Yang, though, as usual, she missed or ignored it. I'm just wondering why there's a tent now taking up half of the entire hall. The thing was gargantuan, reaching up to about six feet in height, but spreading out much further across the room. To make matters worse, thick, coiled ropes covered some of the space which remained, holding the tent up as they connected to big metal nails driven into the ground. Sorry? Into the marbled floor? My brain hurts. Renny! A voice screamed from the changing rooms. I told you we should have brought a tent. Looks like he's been busy. Yang mumbled, looking towards the entrance of the tent, where the same blonde from earlier was sat pushing a wooden spoon around a black cooking pot. He even had a small dust-powered stove set up along with a reclining deck chair. At least he's finished. Don't think I'd been able to deal with all the noise. Now's our chance to go speak with him. Ruby grabbed hold of Yang's arm and ducked forward. It didn't go quite as planned, however, since the older girl refused to move, lifting her arm up so that Ruby's legs were kicking in the air. M maybe we shouldn't. Yang bit her bottom lip. No way. With a blur of semblance-enhanced speed, she was gone and behind her sister, pushing her hands against her hips as she dove the blonde forward as she growled out. You're always telling me to be more social. Well, here's your chance to show me how. Not to mention a chance to clear the air between this guy and her sister. Hi. Ruby chirped when she had finally managed to bodily force Yang over to the blonde guy. Dark blue eyes met hers in surprise blinking lightly as she suddenly found herself the center of attention. All that social anxiety, all the nerves and confidence issues cracked back into her. This is a bad idea. I'm Ruby, and this is Yang. Hi. The man replied. Hey. Yang grumbled out the side of her mouth, standing so that she was almost facing away from him eyes firmly fixed on the ceiling. That left Ruby in the middle, blinking in confusion as she watched her sister look more awkward than she'd ever seen her before. Okay. I think you know my sister. Ruby pushed on regardless. Yeah. And she knows you. Okay. And 
wear a beacon. Yeah. Ruby laughed brokenly, eyes twitching as she tried to bring the conversation into something resembling a, well, conversation. Seriously. Couldn't the guy answer with anything other than one word? Ruby, we should leave. Yang whispered out the corner of her mouth. He clearly doesn't want to talk to us. No! Ruby growled. You just don't want to talk to him. I like your guitar, she finally said, nodding towards the wooden instrument that hung over the guy's back. Most people would have weapons, but his was probably in the locker room, like her own. It goes really well with... Come on, Ruby, you can do this. Uh... Your guitar? There was a long moment of silence between them, as Ruby stood still with her hand outstretched, still pointing towards his musical instrument. Even as her brain struggled to comprehend what she just uttered, my guitar goes well with my guitar? Yes. That was her story and she was sticking with it. Thank you. Yang sighed, one hand coming up to rub her forehead. Ruby, this is ridiculous. Let's just leave. We look like idiots. Can you play? She asked instead, forcing a smile onto her face as she crossed her hands behind her back. Somehow the words seemed to catch him off guard, the wooden ladle in his hand going still. Pardon? Can you play something? Ruby asked again. For me? It had been a simple question, one that sprung to her mind more as an attempt to buy time more than anything else. She didn't even think about the fact such a request might be embarrassing to him, especially being made to perform in front of so many people. The guy sighed, however, reaching one hand over his shoulder to grip the neck and draw the instrument out. There wasn't anywhere to sit, she realized as he knelt down with the guitar resting in his lap. So instead, she remained where she was, standing beside her sister as she watched his fingers gently strum over the strings. He seemed to be testing them, a few light notes coming forth as he plucked each string. Finally satisfied, he took a deep breath, holding it in before letting it go in one explosive motion, hand coming down. Ruby's hair blew back, one eye scrunched shut as the most horrifying sound washed over her with enough force to almost knock her back. She might have said silence regained over the hall as everyone turned to stare, but that didn't do the sheer horrific volume of bum notes justice. It didn't sound like a cat was strangling itself. It sounded like three guitars having sex with an angler grinder while the cat howled in a compliment. Is this a semblance? She wandered past the twitching of her silver eyes. I can't tell if this is actually damaging my aura or just my hearing. To her relief, and probably everyone else's too, the music came to an end soon enough. One final strum, one final discordant tang, and he put the instrument down. That was for you. He smiled. I dedicated it to you. That, 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 that's nice. Ruby tried to laugh. Well, wasn't that nice, Yang? The blonde didn't answer. 
probably because she still had her hands clamped over her ears. What is this? Th this racket! A familiar voice growled, Ruby's spine going stiff as she spotted the girl from earlier stalking forward. Oh crud. She'd forgotten about that. And now the prickly girl looked angrier than ever, despite letting her hair down and being dressed in nothing more than a sleeping gown. <laughs> Ruby laughed nervously. It was just some music, I, I, I... You. I should have known. Bad enough knocking into me earlier, but now you caused this infernal noise as well? The white-haired girl snapped one arm to the side, as though she was decapitating some imaginary foe. Do you have no respect for those trying to sleep? M me Ruby looked behind her just to see if she wasn't talking to someone else. But I didn't do anything. I wasn't the one who made that noise. It was him! The girl turned to look at the man, only to see an empty space and the closing flap of a tent. Probably because you were being such a pest to him as you were to me earlier. This isn't a game for children. This is Beacon Academy. Do you even know what that means? <sighs> Come on now. Yang tried to step in to help. Apparently more than happy to pop up now that the blonde guy was out of sight. It looks like the two of you got off at the wrong foot. Ruby could only pout as the mean girl ignored her sister and continued to rant. Got off on the wrong foot indeed. It felt like she was willing to ignore everything else, so long as it meant she got to shout at her and blame her. This really wasn't how she imagined her first awesome day at Beacon to go. Just a little further. Jean gasped, breath leaving him in great grass the snow crunched beneath his boots. We'll be... we'll be there soon. You'll see. Hmm? The woman leaning against his shoulder hummed. Neither an answer, nor an assent. Nothing more than acknowledgement that his words could be heard. Blue eyes narrowed as he watched her face, shifting the girl further up his arm. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> he laughed. It's where my family live. A small village, but friendly. I've not seen them in a while, <sighs> but I, I really want to introduce you to them. I want to meet them too. The words were weak only audible through the wind because how they brushed against his ear. It was enough to give him strength, though. Strength enough to push on. They'll love you. They've always wanted me to get a girlfriend. It'll be a real surprise for them. My mum will be all over you. Probably, probably will cook you whatever you want while telling you all sorts of embarrassing stories about me. That sounds fun. He stumbled as she lost footing. The weight pressing down on him suddenly, dragging him to the floor. Landing on one knee, he turned to hold the girl against him, trying to lift her back onto her feet. Come on now, you can't rest here. She didn't budge, seeming to become all the heavier as she slumped. Hey, Jean, she whispered. 
You said you could play the guitar once, didn't you? Yeah, it was long ago though. I might be a little rusty. When we get to your family house, Silver Eyes blinked tiredly as she looked up at him. Can you play for me? He leaned down the press his lips to hers, filling her move against him. I will, he said as he came back up. I promise, Ruby. She didn't respond, pale face set in a small smile. Blue eyes snapped open, revealing the dull fabric ceiling of the tent above him. With a soft sigh, he looked about, remembering where he was. One hand came up to his face, fingers dabbing beneath his eyes as the memories faded away. His fingers came away dry. There were no tears, not even a burning sensation behind his eyes. Somehow that hurt even more. It's been a long time since I've had nightmares, he thought to himself. Sitting up and stretching to his arms as he considered the dull ache inside him. How long ago had that one been? He couldn't quite remember, but it was back when he still sought out romantic attachments in his repeats. A long time ago then. Memories merged and swam together in his head. It was hard to recall specific things at times. Mostly because he repeated the same period of time so repetitively. If someone asked him to remember exactly what he did on initiation day, for instance, then it was almost impossible to recall. He'd gone through initiation hundreds of times, maybe even thousands. Once or twice that had put him into some trouble too. Little mistakes and conversations where he mentioned something that hadn't actually happened in that particular run. They were usually easy to write off. Sometimes just one of Nora's dreams or Port's tall tales. Some memories, however, the really big ones. Things that he regretted or could never forget, no matter how much he wished to. Those stuck with him. He could remember the first time Pyrrha had died, for instance. He could remember Blake being executed by Adam. Ren given his life so they could escape from Mercury and Emerald and he could remember making Ruby Rose fall in love with him for no other reason than because he hadn't done it before. Still no tears. Jean sighed as he pushed a temp flap aside, stepping out into the bright sunlight and fresh air, but an armada of snoring and tired mutters. The scent of too many people sleeping too close to one another, all that was needed was vomit mixed with alcohol, and this would have just looked like one of Sun's stupid parties. And yet this is the future hope of our world? That's rough. Picking his way through the sleeping bodies was easy enough. To be fair, many of them had started to wake up of their own volition, and there was no doubt a few already using the showers and changing rooms before the crowds made it. Jean had to fight back his own yawn too. Once upon a time, he'd been an early riser too. Instincts trained into him from the lives he lived. It was amazing what two years of being a complete bum could do to your internal clock, however. Right now, his mind felt heavy, and his feet heavier. I could still be asleep in my bed. Cora would come, wake me up in an hour so she could watch Dad knock me and Sapphire around the garden for her own twisted amusement. By the time they were sweaty and exhausted, their mother would come out with a platter of fresh fruit. 
urging Jean to wash and get ready for breakfast so he could go to school on time. It was a simple life, but oh so satisfying. Unlike this. Yang and Ruby. Blake too. That was a lot of his old friends to corner him last night. He'd honestly been surprised. At least they had all gone to plan somewhat. Blake had just been trying to make sure he didn't know who she was. And though he doubted he managed to fully convince her, it would have at least been enough that she would bend over backwards to make sure they didn't get teamed up together. He'd seen the way Yang looked at him too. A mixture of guilt, shame, curiosity and suppressed anger. She didn't seem to have any idea what to do around him and he had instead decided on trying to ignore him entirely. That was a shame. A shame and he didn't like to see that conflicted expression on his friend's face. But it was also Lucky Break too. Something that would again shield him from her ending up as his partner. He also didn't think Ruby would have the guts to seek him out. Especially after last night. She'd get wise as usual, with all the amusing drama and friendship that would slowly build from it. That just leaves my old team then. I need to make sure they either ignore me or actively don't want me on their team. That could be difficult with Ren and Nora, because they had met him back when he wanted to be a hunter. Which left Pira as the defining factor, and also the most dangerous. Mainly because she hadn't left their partnership to chance like she had first suggested. Her javelin piercing him to a tree, her showing up to reclaim it, that had all been a premeditated decision that he was going to be her partner, whether he liked it or not. Maybe I could be a 10 to be a rabbit fan? That would probably push her away. Or would it better for me not to speak to her at all? It wasn't something he could afford to mess up, and there were pros and cons to each approach. Ignoring her might seem like an easy choice, since it prevented him from making a good impression. But what if she got a bad enough impression of everyone else that she felt that the one person who didn't ogle at her fame would be a good partner? The irony was, of course, that the actions he'd taken the other day had only been necessary thanks to his bloody bad luck and the fact that fate was playing hopscotch with his life. Yang and Blake had never given too line about him in his previous lives. Not before he got to know them through his team. Anyway, but his efforts to avoid Beacon in the past week or so had ended up putting him slap bang in the middle of their radar. So now it was all damage control. The ultimate goal being that he couldn't fail initiation entirely. He could at least ensure he was on some middling background team. One of people who wouldn't get involved in the madness. Considering team Ruby and Juniper had only ever been friends of one another, that shouldn't have been too hard. That's where you come in. He patted his backpack with a small grin. With a quick shrug, he adjusted it on his shoulders, strolling out into the locker corridor. The usual scene greeted him. Rows upon rows of bright blue lockers with students milling around looking for their number. It seemed odd that he would get the exact same one every single time. Maybe another trick of fate. But it certainly made life a little easier as he pulled out Kuroka Moore's of a sigh. It wasn't her fault. She'd always stood by and fought with him. He'd like to think if she were capable of fought, she'd agree with his decision too. 
And now I'm talking to a sword. What does it say? Jean almost jumped as Ruby's voice came from behind him. So focused he had been. He was surprised she'd even wanted to approach him again after what happened them last night. Then again, Ruby had always been socially awkward. But he couldn't ever say she lacked in determination. She was sort of like a battling ram in some regards. She'd make a complete mess of introductions, but give her enough time and she'd break through to you. The girl started to look a little embarrassed as she realised he was staring at her. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I like to talk to my baby. My weapon, I mean. I, I like to think he would talk back if he could. There was a brief silence between them, with him wondering what he was supposed to say. <sighs> Sorry, I'm messing this up. Uh, I wanted to say that I didn't get your name last night. Mine's Ruby Rose. Jean Arc. He offered a hand to shake. More automatic reflex than anything else. But typical Ruby seemed to miss it. Bouncing up and down. Did she honestly not recognize him from the fight with Roman? The lighting hadn't been bad or anything. And it seemed like the kind of thing she'd recall. So... Jean. I know you know my sister, right? He blinked as she pushed on wringling her hands together before her. I just wanted to say that she's not that bad of a person, and I don't know what went on between you, but she's being really awkward and I don't want you to think she hated you or anything. Don't worry about it. Our meeting was a little awkward. I think it might be best for the both of us if we just avoided one another for a bit. He could just about pick out Pira and Weiss in the crowd, the two of them chatting away by some lockers. Actually, that might have been a bit of a kind description. Pira looked awkward as hell. Though she hid it well, he'd been her partner long enough to see through the polite mask, however, even as Weiss couldn't. I guess... I, I, I just don't want you to hate one another. She sounded so upset, so distraught that he reached out to rub her hair on instinct alone. It was just something he'd done so many thousands of times before whenever Ruby was in one of her rare moments. We don't hate one another. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, uh, uh okay. Um, hey, hey, Jean. Most people come to Beacon with some kind of combat outfit. Yours looks a little... off, though. Says the girl in a skirt. Jean rolled his eyes. He knew what she meant though, even his old jeans and hoodie would be better than what he was wearing now, that being a ruffled white dress shirt and some tight black trousers. He certainly looked smart enough to get into a club or restaurant, but he wouldn't be winning any practical awards anytime soon. My attendance to Beacon was unexpected. I don't have a combat outfit because, well, this is all I had on me. It was either this or the full suit he wore to Weiss's concert, and his mum had threatened him with death if he got that torn up. Oh, you're like me! She sounded excited at the prospect. A bad thing since he was meant to be falling out of her attention, not become the centre of it. I didn't explain, but I was accepted into Beacon just two days ago. It was a really big surprise. She really doesn't remember. Jeez. 
There was more to what she'd said than that, however. Namely, that she knew he was the man who fought with Yang, but didn't know the facts on how he'd gotten into Beacon, which meant Yang hadn't told her the full story. That explains why Ruby is so unsure of why Yang is awkward around me. But why wouldn't she tell her family the full story? It wasn't like her to keep secrets. Especially not from her little sister. It was also none of his business. Since he decided he wouldn't be getting involved in all, he shouldn't have needed reminding of that fact. Was he falling into routine now that he was at Beacon? He need to watch out for that. Do something a few hundred times over and over and you'd soon started doing it without thinking. Much like how he'd rub Ruby's head. He realized as he looked at the hand still ruffling her hair. With a quick sigh, he brought it back, wiping the palm on his trouser leg. She was dangerous indeed. If just for how familiar she was, or how simple a thing it was to adore her. You look really tired too, the small girl carried on. Did you get enough sleep? I'm... Jean fell back a yawn. Fine. Not used to waking up so early. You should go and find your sister. You don't want to be late, do you? We're not even being called yet. Such simple logic. How could he even argue with it? Don't make me crush you, Ruby, he begged. Don't make me have to do something so cruel it pushes you away. Are you causing trouble again? To his surprise, it was actually Weiss who came to his rescue, striding towards them with Pyrrha in tow. Green Eyes met his for a moment, before narrowing in recognition. With a small frown, she glanced back to Weiss, choosing to ignore him entirely. I haven't done anything, Ruby said as she hid half behind him. One hand on his hip, as though to push him in front of Weiss if she made any aggressive moves. Why do you keep being so mean? Mean? Me? Weiss sounded shocked. Despite that, just about everyone in the area was giving her dirty looks. To Jean, though, it was just like any other conversation between the two. It was almost impossible to imagine that at any point, they actually did dislike one another. Two partners, though, they didn't know it yet, at one another's throats. They're not the only ones, it seems. He thought to himself, spotting the polite look on Pyrrha's face. To anyone else, it might have seemed vaguely interested, passive, and kind. It seemed he'd already managed to earn an irie, or at least, distaste. He couldn't think of what he'd done, however. They hadn't even met yet. Ah, the time at the concert, when he ran into her. Had that been all it took to offend Pyrrha? No, not offend. Every time before she picked me out on nothing more than a whim, because she thought I might not recognize her. Now that he thought about it, that had been an almost ridiculous stroke of luck, one that could have gone badly oh so easily. And all it took now to put a stop to it was to give her the smallest bad impression of him. Just enough that she hesitated, or thought that letting the chips fall as they may would be better than dealing with him for four years. 
It hurt to think it would be so easy to turn her against him. But that wasn't strictly true. She didn't know anything about him, other than that he'd ran into her and specifically chose not to help her up. What else was she to think, other than that he was either incredibly rude, or actively disliked her? Fame like hers. She'd always said there was as many who hated her, or were jealous, as stalked, or become obsessed. She likely thinks I'm some scorned fighter she once knocked down, one who's holding it against her. I'm not being mean at all. I'm just standing up for those too polite to admit that you're bothering them. We were just talking. You can't just keep following me around and insulting me at every opportunity. That's not fair. You think Remnant revolves around you? That I have nothing better to do than spend my time telling you off? Yes! Because you keep finding me when there's just as many other people being loud or happy to be here. Jean's eyes flickered left and right between them as the two descended into her own little world. Ruby's shyness evaporating as she got into a miniature shouting match with the Harris. Even Pira seemed mortably interested in it, tilting her head to the side as she watched them butt heads. That was his cue to run, however, as he slipped away from the group and vanished among the crowds, Karokamors in tow. He was glad he got out before the inevitable question came, the moment at which they turned to him and demanded to know who was in the right. Yet another question where there was no good answer. Trapped between agonizing puppy dog eyes and a violet tongue lashing. I don't get it. I've done everything to ensure they should all want nothing to do with me. Yet I can't seem to bloody escape their attention. Case in point, even as he tried to push his way towards the cliff, he bumped into golden eyes and a black bow, the form of which narrowed suspiciously at him as he shuffled by. This was getting ridiculous. Jenny, Is that you? Oh, for the love of... Yep. His ears weren't deceiving him. As Nora waved one arm wildly over her head, as though signaling an incoming aircraft. Ren's own greeting was more muted, a simple nod as the two walked up to him. You made it. The orange-haired girl giggled as she gave him a big hug nearly cutting off his airflow but for Ren prying her off. You're dressed funny, though. This is my uniform. <coughs> Jean choked, massaging his windpipe. That's a hunter's uniform? No, no. This is the uniform for my part-time job. He waved his arms in what he hoped was a grand manner. I'm a parachute salesman. Would you like one? I have one that should fit you. Parachutes? Hmm. I think we'll be okay. Ren injected before Nora could buy 30. We'll consider base dropping off the cliffs after our position here is secured. But Renny, he has your size. We are not going to need parachutes, Nora. Ren rolled her eyes before turning back to Jean. Either way, it's good to see you here. Nora and I will be working on getting paired together. Do you have any idea who you want for a teammate? I have a few. Jean nodded, 
it was sort of the truth. Except he was more of a list of people he couldn't be paired with. Luckily, neither of those two needed to be on it, because there was no way they would let anyone break up their partnership. I'm on my way to the cliffs anyway. Maybe I'll see you two later. The cliffs? Ren said. Why are you heading to- Will all students make their way to Beacon Cliffs for initiation? The voice of Miss Goodwitch came over the speakers, silencing everyone around them. I repeat. Eh. Uh, Jean shrugged as the two turned to stare at him. Uh, <laughs> lucky guess? Weiss adjusted her weapon at her side as she waited off the cliff's edge, taking deep breaths to calm herself. This was nothing compared to what she had trained to do. Absolutely nothing. That didn't stop the tiny worm of nervousness, wiggling around in her stomach. Others were beginning to gather now. So many people. Beacon truly was a place that the best aspired to enter. Not all of them would be able to. Some would fail this initiation. But not me. I won't allow myself to. Her eyes just about picked out the irritating child from earlier, now stuck to her big sister. What a child that age was doing here? She had no idea. There was simply no way someone that young could measure up to her. Not with all the training and effort she put into getting where she was now. Such a kid would get killed. Which would why it would be for the best if she had realised that first, and stepped out for her own safety. I wonder what the headmaster's playing. Some kind of influential backer? A daughter of a board member? No, this was a school. There wouldn't be a board of directors. She needed to stop applying those things from back home to where she was now. This was exactly why she left Atlas in the first place. Weiss nodded to herself as she listened to the headmaster explain the task. A simple search and secure combined with destroying Grimm that they'd come across. The method of selecting a partner was frustrating though. She'd put so much effort into securing Pyrrha Nikos, and now this happened? No matter. She could use her glyphs to carefully select her landing, bringing her closer to the champion. Pyrrha's skill and reputation, mixed with her own, there could be no better team. Now, are there any questions? I have a question! A male voice shouted, drawing Weiss's attention. It was the person she saved earlier, standing on one of the launch pads with his hands in the air. This landing strategy. Are you going to be handing out parachutes? The headmaster took a sip of his coffee. No. You'll be using your own landing strategy. Okay. Makes sense. Well then. The man dove to the side, suddenly sprinting across the ground before them. Weiss didn't think she was the only one who watched him with a kind of slack-eyed expression. For a moment, she even wondered if he had become frightened. If he was bowing out already. That changed when he leapt off the cliff, falling from their sight. A second later, he came back into vision however drifting towards the forest canopy with a bright yellow parachute deployed behind him. See? See, Renny? See? Wait. 
A large man in silver armor gaped. Is that a lad? He didn't even get to finish. The metal plate beneath him springing up to launch him away. The headmaster didn't even seem phased by the happenings, slipping his mung as they were launched away one by one. Why shook her head, taking a deep breath as her turn came. This so wouldn't pass health and safety. She sighed as the air whistled past her, reaching the crest of her flight that fought forward momentum rapidly becoming downwards. Any hope of maintaining her flight and finding Pyrrha was lost. Maybe. Just maybe, she underestimated how hard it would be to focus on selecting a target location while plummeting through the air at a terminal velocity. Just maybe. Focus-wise, you got this. Weapon came forth, aimed towards the rapidly approaching ground as she concentrated. A single glyph would kill her. You couldn't survive the change to momentum from terminal to still instantly, even with aura. She would smash into her own glyph with all the force of a meteor. Instead, she summoned it all on angle. An acceleration one, but set in reverse instead, off to speed up her own attacks. Even as her feet touched it, she felt herself slow. Not enough to prevent her wincing at the strain on her ankle, but enough for it to not snap as she bounced off it, slowing herself a little further as she summoned another each one becoming slower and safer as she hopped her way down to the soft ground. One final glyph, one final leap. And while Schnee touched down, landing gracefully while sheathing her weapon in a dramatic flourish. Yes, she said to herself, proud beyond belief at such a perfect landing. Hey! The red-headed girl waved. No. We are not. Partners. Weiss growled as she pushed through the bushes and branches before her, a few snagging against her clothing, and one going so far as to snap back into her cheek. So I don't know why you're following me. We haven't even made eye contact yet. You're going to keep walking into things if you keep your eyes shut like that. The other girl's voice came from behind her, sounding more than a little put out. Plus, we totally made eye contact. I even saw yours widened in horror. This could not be happening. Not to her. Not like this. It was your imagination. A trick of the light. Nothing more than your wildest dreams. Don't you mean nightmares? The girl muttered. Look. We got off on the wrong foot. But that doesn't mean we can't become the best as a friends. Just give me a chance. I'm sure we can become firm friends. Why said, so long as it is with you on another team. But what? No buts. We, ah, 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 ah. Nothing. But tree, what? Wise words were cut off as a bark imprinted onto her face. The tree coming out of nowhere to viciously attack her. Such was her momentum. Such was how the girl was distracting her. That she hadn't even sensed it. And had instead almost ran into it. She was knocked from her feet entirely, bouncing back onto her rear as she rubbed her nose. Are you okay? Of course I'm not okay, you don't. You distracted me so that I didn't see the tree. You had your eyes closed. That means nothing. Wise paused as she looked further up the tree, 
something that was made an easier task now that she was sat down at the base of it. She didn't know how she hadn't seen it earlier, though the closed eyes might have had something to do with that. But there was another figure in the tree. Oh hey, it's Jean! That was his name, Wise forced to herself. Glad to finally have a name to put to the face of the guy from the interview. She'd recognized him, of course. How could she not? But she hadn't remembered his name from that event. Not when she expected him to just be another random person she would never run into again. At the time, he said he wanted to be a musician too. He had no interest in being a hunter. So it had been a small surprise to spot him being harassed by this irritating girl the other night. It soon made sense, however. How could it not? After meeting her, and having a chance to talk to her, he had been inspired by her tale and ambition, choosing to follow in her footsteps for a chance to be like her. She could respect that. Who didn't want to be Weissney? What's he doing in the tree still? Weiss wondered out loud. Bigger question, Ruby sighed. Why isn't he moving? The two girls shared a panicked look. Though if anyone asked later, Weiss would claim that they still somehow had not made eye contact. He looked okay though. There was no blood. But his parachute had clearly become tangled in the trees. What if one of those ropes had been wrapped around his neck and he fell through the branches? He would be hung from the tree. Left to die. Like some kind of overripe fruit. Keep an eye out for Grim. Weiss hissed. Weiss hissed as she climbed onto her feet, drawing her weapon and summoning some glyphs leading up to the man. I'll get him down. Got it. The girl waved one hand back, deploying her oversized gardening tool. Weiss sighed as she hopped up the floating platforms, bringing her closer to him with each step. Gods. What if he died trying to emulate her? It wouldn't be her fault. Not legally, anyway. But that wouldn't stop her from feeling guilty about it. How could she sleep at night, when though her inspiring presence had condemned a man to death? Jean. She shook his shoulder once when she reached him, swinging her weapon above his head to sever the strings attached to the backpack. Damn it. You better be alive or I'll ruin you. His body slumped forward, head resting against her shoulder as she caught his weight. He still felt warm, but oh so heavy, as though he had no energy of his own to hold him up. He died. She just knew it. I'm so sorry. And then Blue Eyes was staring into her own. <gasps> she tried to push the zombie back, logic not quite snapping into her mind fast enough. The realization that maybe he was actually still alive, only hitting when she pushed him back off her glyph, sending the possibly hurt man plummeting back down to Remnant. Okay, now if he dies, I am legally responsible. Great job, Weiss. Great job. I'm sorry. She gasped as she leapt down to land beside him, hesitating as she looked at his bodily squirming in agony. Agony was good, right? Meant he was still alive. With a shake of her head, she knelt down over him, waving two fingers before his eyes. 
can you tell me how many fingers I'm holding up? Why did you push me out of the tree? That... How is she supposed to explain that? Not the correct answer. I, I, I'm holding up two fingers. Why? To check for a concussion. Why staunch the question again? Lifting him up a little. You were trapped in the broth when your parachute caught. It's okay. We got you down. Trapped? I was sleeping. Yep. Ruby walked up to stand beside them. But we rescued you, so <laughs> it's okay now. The poor man groaned, holding one hand over his eyes as he mumbled curses to himself. Weiss could understand. That pride which didn't allow you to admit you made a mistake, that you needed help. She would do him a kindness and not comment on it. It wasn't his fault he'd gotten stuck at all. So... He said after a moment's recovery. You two are partners, right? Y no. We haven't made eye contact yet. The younger girl sighed but didn't argue, knowing better than to get into another shouting match. How have you not made eye contact with one another? Determination. Wise thought to herself, sparing a glance for the other girl and then the man at her feet. Ruby was young, annoying, brash and about a million other things. She would hold her back. Whatever team she was on, needed to put in extra work to account for the two years of lack of experience. This guy, Jean on the other hand, well, she didn't know anything about him. He'd set up that massive tent initiation, which was honestly a little bizarre, but then again, wasn't that just good preparation? While everyone else, even her, why Snee, had been forced to <sighs> rough it on the floor. He had taken more steps to attain comfort than with the parachute. Yes, it had gone wrong, but it showed a certain level of ingenuity that he had thought of it in the first place. What's more, it showed that he knew what the initiation would be. Bribery. Research. Asking older students. Weiss wasn't sure which path he'd taken, but I have a show that he was using his brain to get an advantage. Something she could more than respect. What color are my eyes? She asked, grabbing him by both shoulders. Light blue. Congratulations. Why smiled. You're my partner. Fuck.